You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. This afternoon we're going to talk about the Holy Sabbath. I hesitate to use that title because it could sound really religious and we could check out. Don't check out because this is a gift from God to you to have a day of refreshing. God knew we needed that rhythm in life where we'd have one day out of the week, we come away, get refreshed, and go back into a busy work week. Uh, city world is different than the rural world. It's 24-7. The lights can always be on. Stores can always be open, always working, always connected. We're more connected now than ever in history. You're connected through text. You're connected through Facebook. You're connected through the technology of the day. We're super connected. And if you don't respond to somebody's text in five minutes, like, how come you didn't text me back? Like, where were you? It's like, we're so connected and so going and so busy you ask people, how was your week? They say, oh, busy. Yeah, we're really busy. Have you ever asked somebody, how was your week? And they said, restful. I'm feeling very rested. <laughs> what? Are you that lazy? You know, we kind of have that thought. But rested is not lazy. Rested is healthy. Rested is productive. Rested is strength. Not weakness, strength. And so God wants you strong. God wants you to grow like a sequoia tree. Remember the sequoia message? But he said, now you've got to trust me on this one because it's not going to make sense to you. You trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so this one here, this message, you really have to trust God with your heart because this will not always make sense to you. There will be days when you have your set-aside day for God. Let's say it's Sunday, and you'll go like, you know what, God, I... Okay, I got, I got homework that has to be done. I'm going to do my homework. I got a project that's got to get in today, and I'm going to have to work the rest of the day. And God said, you know what? I have a plan for you that's better than that. Trust me on this. So this is a message of faith. The just shall live by faith. So you got to do this one by faith because it won't always make sense to you, and you're going to have to say, no, Lord, I trust you. It doesn't make sense to me, but if you said to do it, I trust you. You're smarter than I am. Your ways are better than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You want to go to a higher place? Think higher thoughts. Want to do things better? Tune into God. Not your ways, God's ways. Our whole year, by the way, is God has a better way. This month is God has a better way to rest. A world's into rest. You've got all kinds of programs. There's spas, and there's this treatment, and there's that treatment, and rested this way, and get rested that way, and take this holiday, and get rested. And long before any of that was on the scene, God said, I've got a way for you to rest. Back in the Old Testament, he was giving people rest. He even said, I want you to give your animals a rest. That was revolutionary for the time. In those ancient societies, anybody, if you worked all the time, you were... That was then you were valuable, but if you took a day off, then you were not valuable. The Romans thought the Jews were lazy because they had a Sabbath, and but they were. History will show that they proved to be very successful, productive, wealthy, but they took a day off, and they still part of their of their culture to this day. So we're going to talk about how does the Sabbath apply to us? What is what is a holy Sabbath? I'll give you a definition. It's there in your notes. I think you can also scan the QR code and and pick it up from there. Here's a definition from Timothy Keller. He's a great pastor in New York, and uh, he has a very urban church similar to ours. And he came up with a great definition for the Sabbath that kind of summarizes it up for us. The purpose of Sabbath is not simply to rejuvenate yourself in order to do more production, nor is it the pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy your God, life in general, and what you accomplish in the world through his help 
and the freedom you have in the gospel, the freedom from slavery to any material object or human expectation. The Sabbath is a sign of the hope we have in the world to come. That about sums up what Sabbath is. When you take a Sabbath day, you are making a declaration, I'm free. I'm not enslaved to work. I'm not enslaved to somebody's expectations. I'm a lover of God, and I have an eternal hope that I'll have an eternity with him, that I can rest in Christ. So it's a huge statement of your faith when you take a day and you set it aside. We do it by faith. I had a pretty good example growing up. My parents did a good job of taking a day off. And uh, my dad was a farmer. He was also happened to be the pastor of our little local church. Sundays we went to church, and it was ever since I was 18 inches long, we went to church. That's all I knew. We went to church on Sundays. And uh, we, it became part of who we were. And my dad taught us Sunday, get together with other believers, and we loved that community, the, the group that we had there. It became a great part of our life was that church community. And uh, to this day, still friends with the people that I grew up with there in church. We had so much life came out of that church. Everything from Sunday school picnics to pig roast to softball games to uh, special events that had at the church, missionary Sundays. There's a lot of great memories at the church. After church, we'd come home. Mom would usually have a meal made. Uh, I like Sundays because we didn't have to work. There's a few chores we had to do. Some animals had to be fed. There were some dishes that had to be washed. But other than that, there was no work. And that was a big deal because we had a lot of chores growing up on the farm. I think my dad bought more animals, more types of animals sometimes just to give us more chores. He didn't do that, but that was my perception as a kid. I think he just wanted us busy. But on Sundays, we didn't have to do that. Mom and dad would go have a rest. And we had better things to do. There was a motorbike that had to be ridden. There was fishing that had to be done. There was a lot of adventure to be had. We lived along the Waterton River that came out of the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And so we'd go and have fun. We'd explore. We, we did life. Sometimes my dad would say, hey, let's go fishing. I love those days. We'd go down the river and we'd just sit by the river and fish. And uh, my dad taught us how to catch grayling, how to catch trout, how to catch the pike that were in the river. And we, we loved those fishing days. No iPhones back then, no smartphones, no gadgets, no technology, just sitting by a river fishing. Still a good thing to do on your Sabbath, just to go and enjoy nature and just relax. So we enjoy fishing. Uh, sometimes my dad would take us to Waterton National Park. It was just a few miles from where we lived. And, uh, oh, it was great, great memories of family being there at the park. That's where my dad taught me how to skip rocks and hung out with my dad. Great memories of being there. Mom making a meal there in the campground. And we would just, we loved those memories. It was a day as a kid, I looked forward to the day because mom and dad were engaged with God and they were engaged with us. And we had their attention. So it was a great day. I have great memories of it. Not everybody has that privilege of having that. But you can pioneer it if you don't and do it for the next generation. It's a day. It's a gift. This is a gift. It's, sometimes we look at it because it's one of the commandments. We think it's a religious duty. It's not. It's a relationship. It's a privilege. It's a gift that's given to you. Pastoring a church is difficult to take a day off. I'm still struggling with it. I have to admit this message is probably as much for me as it is for anybody else because Church work never stops. You can go 24-7. You never meet all the needs. I was struggling with it, so I went and I asked David Bento, who has a coaching school called Next Steps, and I asked him to coach me to help me with my time management. 
And the first session, he says, Dave, you don't take a day off, do you? I go, yeah, I do. I take a day off. He goes, no, you don't. I've been listening to you. You don't take a day off. I said, well, I sort of do. He said, well, either you do or you don't. I said, yeah, well, I get a lot of calls. People ask for my time. They ask for this. So he took out his wallet. He said, I got $20 in my wallet. I don't let people take $20 out of my wallet. Do you let people take $20 out of your wallet? I go, no. He said, well, why do you let them take your time? Your time's more valuable than your money. Why are you letting them take your time? I said, oh, man, you got me there. So he challenged me to really make a better effort at taking this day, setting it aside just to be refreshed in God. So this morning, we want to talk about how to do that. How can we do that? What does it mean? It starts way back in the day of creation, Genesis chapter 2. If you have your notes, look at verse 2 and 3. On the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. So this day called the Sabbath and called holy, that's God's idea. And I don't know if it's God's idea, that it's going to stick. So ever since the day of creation, it's still called holy. We called it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God only named one day, the seventh day of the week. He said, it's the Sabbath. There's a day of the week that's holy. And we go on to read, because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. Now, God's message to us here is pretty plain. He was telling, trying to tell us, look, I rested on the seventh day. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't go, whew, man, that was a lot of work. Man, I need to take a break. It wasn't because of that. He rested to step back and enjoy because he said, it's been good up to now, but now it's very good. He kind of just looked back at, and just enjoyed the work of his hand, the creation. So he rested, enjoyed it. And he was saying, you know what? I took a day off. Creation didn't crash. And if you take a day off, your world will not crash. It'll be okay. The planets kept spinning. Everything kept in motion. Everything was okay. And your world will be okay if you take a day off. It's going to be okay. It's a gift to us. The Sabbath is really God's take on time management. Have you found out that the older you get, the faster time goes by? Has that, has that, some of you can relate to that. But I was in grade school. I thought, will I ever, ever get to grade 12? It's like, man, that's a long ways off. It's like, way, this, those grade 12 students are so big. I was little, you know, one day I'll get to grade 12, and I waited. Summer holidays seemed like an eternity. Then all of a sudden, grade 12 came. I said, what if I ever get through school, if I could ever get married or get these goals accomplished? And all of a sudden, you pick up responsibilities, you pick up a mortgage, you pick up a job, you pick up, all of a sudden, life keeps going faster and faster and faster and faster. In her book on the Ten Commandments, Dr. Laura Schlesinger talks about life like this. She says, it's kind of like being on the top of a hill with a pedal bike, and you push off the hill, and the further you go down the hill, the faster your bike goes. You go faster, faster, faster as you go down the hill. In her book, she says this. If life is like a downhill bike ride in which speed increases and becomes increasingly difficult to stop, the Sabbaths are regularly scheduled stop signs that bring us to a halt, making time pass a little bit slower so we appreciate it more. It's those rhythms of life. A lot of talk about balance. We need balance in our life. We don't just need balance. You need rhythm. Bicycles don't just work on balance. It works on rhythm. Very difficult to balance yourself staying still, correct? But when you're moving, when there's rhythm... Balance works. Balance doesn't work without rhythm. And this day off, once a week, is a rhythm that God gave to us. 
And sometimes we feel we'll be more productive, we'll get more done. Well, I can squeeze more out of life if I put in every day, work 24-7, every day, I'm working hard, 90 hours a week, every day working, I'll get more out of life. And God says, I beg to differ. That's not the way my creation works. All of creation works on a rhythm. Study the salmon, study the geese, study the flowers, study the birds, study nature. There's this rhythm, and you were designed for rhythm. He says, I've designed you this way. One day a week, pull away, rest, rejuvenate yourself and me. You'll be far more productive. You'll grow to be a sequoia tree, strong and tall, but you need this rhythm in your life for that to happen. Actually, the fact that you take a day off, a day of rest, is proof that you're free. He gave this commandment to the children of Israel when they come out of Egypt. They're coming into the promised land. And at that point, he, in Deuteronomy, again, we have this, this commandment, this urging them to take a day of rest. And the reason he does it is because for 400 years, they were slaves. 24-7, they were slaves. Every day, they were forced to go to work. Now, they're on the journey to the promised land. He says, I want you to take a day off. Why? He wanted their identity not to be slaves. You're not a slave to your work. Your identity is not your work. Who are you? Well, I'm a doctor. Who are you? Well, I'm an engineer. Who are you? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Who are you? Well, I'm a, I'm a clerk. Who are you? Well, I'm a salesman. You see, in our urban world, we identify ourselves by what we do. But that's not who we are. Who we are is who we are in Christ. I'm a child of God, first of all. That's my identity. And so every time we take a Sabbath, we're celebrating who we really are. And it's a sign that you're free. If you can't take a day off, or if you, you can't and you don't, you're a slave to something. But you're not a slave to Christ. Because if you're a slave to Christ, he's the Lord of the Sabbath, and he said take a Sabbath. Now, if you love Jesus, this message is easy. But if you... You're not in love with Jesus, it can feel like a duty. Because this is all about a relationship. Ah, I get to do this. I want to spend time with him. Deuteronomy chapter 5, and let me take time to read these verses. Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15. Observe, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God, dedicated to him. Not dedicated to your sport. Not dedicated to your spouse, not dedicated to your family, not dedicated to your gardening. It's dedicated to the Lord. That's number one for this day. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, your donkeys, your livestock, any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why... The Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. It's a sign that you're free. Jesus is today Lord of the Sabbath. He said in Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28, Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. This is your gift from God to you. A day a week where he's saying, Trust me, take the day. You're going to enjoy it. It'll be better if you take it. Then he went on to say, And I, the Son of Man, am Master or Lord of the Sabbath. God gave us an amazing role model in Jesus. 
Francis Chan said, we think he's a great savior, but not a great role model. The American church, or we could say the Canadian church, has abandoned the most simple and obvious truth of what, what it means to follow Jesus. You actually follow his pattern of life. And our Lord and Savior took a break, took a rest. He'd often say to his disciples, let's get away and have a rest. Jesus even rested on the boat. Remember, they were caught in the storms, and he was asleep at the bottom. He was at rest. One thing about Jesus, he modeled it in his earthly walk how to rest. Did he work hard? Absolutely. But he also knew how to rest. He knew there are times that we need to do this. So the question is, well, how do I take a Sabbath? When do I take a Sabbath? Does it have to be on Saturday? Should it be on Sunday? What if I work on Sunday? What if I work at the hospital on Sundays and I don't have that day off? Or what if I work on this day? How do we live this out as Christians in the year 2012? We have to establish this, that the Sabbath, first of all, was for the Jewish community. They had it on the Saturday. Pastor Eddie Snipes, he has this to say. Good statement. The Sabbath did not change for it is the last day of the week. However, after Christ's resurrection, our focus has changed. The resurrection, the new life of every believer in God chose to unfold this event at the beginning of the week because the focus was no longer on the specific day of the Sabbath, but the spiritual understanding of the Sabbath that is established through Jesus Christ. The New Testament informs us that our focus should not be on days or calendar events, but on Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, they didn't have the promise they had the laws, they, had, they saw it, it was coming, but the promises were fulfilled in Christ. So now that Christ came, rose again, he's Lord of the Sabbath. He rose on the first day of the week, so the church celebrates the quote-unquote Sabbath on the first day of the week. Other traditions will do it on Saturday. The early church did it on the first day of the week. Paul talked about it. The important thing is we get together. In Hebrews, it said, do not forsake the assembling together. This is really important to God that we hang out together. This was why the church came about. We got together. We grow stronger. It's important to us. It's important to God. You're doing it. You're in Sabbath mode right now. You're in God's house with other people. And whether you know it or not, you're growing. You're growing. Right now, as you're sitting here, listening, taking it in, spiritually, you're growing. You're a sequoia tree growing by being here today. You're intertwined. You're growing. And the father say, ah, oh, they're together. I love it when they get together in the heart of the city. I'm so thrilled. This is an answer to our Lord's prayer that we would be one. All kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of nationalities here this morning and guess, or this afternoon. We're together. This is, this is what delights our father. He said, I want to command a blessing there. He said, when my people dwell together in unity, come together, I will command a blessing. I'd show up for church just for the commanded blessing. And I'm going to show up where, under the spout where the glory comes out, somebody once said. So you get under the spout. You just want to be there because there's, there's a commanded blessing of God here. You grow because of it. So that's a part of it. But then we, when we study Paul's writings in Romans, I think I put it in your notes, Romans chapter 4, the important thing is to keep the day. Here we read in verse 5 and 6. Or say one person thinks that some day should be set aside as holy. Another thinks that each day is pretty much like another. There are good reasons either way. You can build a case for either one. He didn't want us to split doctrinal hairs over this. He went on to say, so each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. What's important is, what important, what's important in all of this is that if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. 
So keep a day for him. Sometimes in your travel, you can't take a Sunday because it just doesn't work. Or sometimes you're working in an industry where you can't. You're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're in an industry, you're in a mill. You can't take that day. So then you take another day. You set it aside for the Lord. But it's important to take a day and set it aside for him. What should I do on my Sabbath day? What's important to do during that time? Well, attending church like we talked about. Reflecting on God's goodness is good. Here's a good way to sum up the Sabbath day. What do we do on it? It's a date. It's a date with God. It's the best way I could summarize it. Now, God doesn't come along and say, I command you to go on a date with me. Who wants to go, right? I mean, I go on a date with my wife. I say, sure, I command you to go on a date with me. I'm not going to have her on a date with me, that's for sure. Because love doesn't do that. God loves us. If you don't want to take a Sabbath, he's, he's not going to command you to do it. It's like, it's like David Bentel said to me, you can keep working if you want to, but you just, you're missing out on a free day. You're missing out on hanging out with God. If you love Jesus, why would you want to miss that? See, if you're, not a, if you're not in love with Jesus, it doesn't have a lot of appeal to you. It has a lot of appeal for me to go on a date with my wife because I really love her. That's why it's appealing to me. It's appealing for me to take a day and be with God because I'm in love with God. So if you're not in love with God, it, it wouldn't have a lot of appeal to you. you. This message wouldn't even have a lot of appeal to you. But if you love him, then you, yeah, of course I want to spend a day with him. I get to spend a day with him. It's not like, oh, I have, to, I have to go to church. I better read my Bible. I better do this thing. That, that will get you nowhere. It's man, I love to spend time with God. I get to spend time with God. Yeah, well, then it's tremendous. So it's a, it's a date with God. He says, hey, you want to hang out with me today? Yeah. Here, I'll give you a little video clip to help illustrate the point and summarize our message so far. In three, two, one. All right, so here we go. According to Genesis, the Lord created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day he rested. That is, he stopped. Doesn't mean he took a nap. Means he rested from the work he had done on the previous six days. So he blessed that day and he set it apart way back when everything was still perfect, right? Right. One day out of seven. Later, I don't know, around 2,500 years or so, way after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and sin was everywhere, Moses pops up on the scene, hikes up Mount Sinai, and receives ten commandments from the Lord himself, written by his very finger. You saw the movie. For all you readers out there, take a peek at Exodus 20. Here begins the law. God's commandments. His design, not ours. For our benefit, not his. Now, out of all the Ten Commandments, we stop today on the fourth. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And in case we might not connect it on our own, God uses the same language in the first book of the Bible that he does here in the second to connect it for us. And I paraphrase. In six days, not five, not a million years, not an eon, in six days God did a bunch of work making everything that we see and don't see, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore he blessed it and made it holy. He set it apart. One day out of seven. So we got ten commandments. We got eight don'ts and two do's. But inside one of the do's is a don't, this fourth commandment. The do is to remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And the way to keep it holy is the don't. Don't work. Or more accurate to its intent, put aside the normal work you do on the previous six days. Make this day different. One day out of seven. Okay, so let's leap forward about 1,500 years or so to Mark chapter 2. And you'll see that Jesus says, quite frankly, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for the man. Sabbath was made for the man. Huh. God blessed this day and he set it apart. 
Why? For what? Well, perhaps it's a date. Maybe God is saying he just wants to spend time with us. Yeah, he created us to do all kinds of things and have friends and family and live our lives, but maybe he's saying he'd like to spend time with us too. Now, he knows we're busy. That's why he gave us seven days. Six days to do all the things that we have to do. And one day to spend with him. One day out of seven. It's a great summary. That about summarizes the Sabbath right there. It makes it easy to understand. One day out of seven, go on a date with God. The rest of the week, work hard. Enjoy all those things. I have to say this at some point in the message, so I'm just going to throw it out right here. If the only time we kind of look like a Christian and look like we're holy is on that seventh day, but the other six days we, you can't tell we're a Christian, there's something wrong with that, right? I mean, this is one of the pet peeves of people that aren't Christians, why they call us hypocrites, because the other six days of the week, we kind of live like they do, and we, you know, maybe we don't do business the way we should, or the way we're acting, our language, or the way we live doesn't match up with living a godly life. And so a lot of people have had that actually as a stumbling block for going to church or being a Christ follower. It's because they've seen people go to church for the rest of the week. They've ripped them off or they've, they've acted in an ungodly manner, and it's turned them off. And so the other six days should be also live for God. Amen. It's just that we took this day, and we set it aside. We said, God, I'm going to go on a date with you. This day is set aside for you. No work. I'm going to refresh myself in you. So what does this day look like besides... I'm going to church, or maybe if I'm, I can't go to church, maybe I'm listening to the podcast. Aren't you glad for podcasts today? We have people around the world that listen to our podcasts, and a lot of them came to Coastal. Now they're back in Japan, or they're back in Guatemala, or Switzerland, or some other part of the world, but they still stay connected, and they're weak, maybe because they can't, haven't found a local church yet, is they'll listen to that, and they'll continue to grow in God. So that's cool. What do I do the rest of the day? What? What else would I do? Well, inactivity is good. It's actually a day where you don't have a long to-do list, where you can actually just, <sighs> maybe you sleep in longer. Maybe you have a longer bath. Maybe you go for a stroll. Maybe you don't go for a stroll. You just kind of relax. And what works for one person may not work for the next person. You may want to add activity to your day. And, but your activity will vary. For some people, a golf game would be very relaxing. They go, ah, oh, I feel this is recreation. I recreate. I don't find golf games particularly relaxing for me because I'm always looking for my ball in the water. Or I'm finding it in the woods somewhere. After about nine holes, I'm thinking, when will this be done? Because <laughs> golf is not my first game. But if I went down with my family or some of the guys and shot hoops, basketball, that would be relaxing for me. The Puritans, they had a concept that there should be no recreation of any kind. What brought it on was the fact that people were getting so competitive. They were just like, oh, I got to... It's easy to get competitive in sports. But on the Sabbath, you don't want awards. It's not about competition. I mean, you can have some fun, friendly fun, but it's not about being driven. Because then you've kind of... The whole purpose of the Sabbath is you're not refreshed. You're all worked up. You're all stressed out. Sabbath de-stresses us, not stresses us. Family can be very refreshing. We should spend time with our family on our Sabbath. It's healthy. When you, when you die and you're about to go, you know what? You're, two things you think about. Am I right with God? Is my family okay? 
You're not thinking about getting the latest iPhone. You're not thinking about closing a business deal. You're not thinking about all those things, getting a better apartment, a different car. You're just thinking about the most important things in life. That's what should be reflected on in our Sabbath. You just refresh, relax, rejuvenate. Family's important. Now, there have been days where we've taken our day off, our day of Sabbath, and spent the whole day with family, and I need a day off to recover from being with my family for a day. And I don't know if you've been there. So family's good, but family can also just wear you out. And so as parents, especially with children, you have to say, you may need a break. Uh, when they're younger, you have to obviously be there with them all the time. But again, you need to balance. What works for one may not work for you, so you want a sense of inactivity, and the activities have to be refreshing. You know, for some people, it's very refreshing to go down by the stream, sit by the water, and you just sit there, and you go, oh, so peaceful, listening to the brook, birds are tweeting, and you're just so refreshed. You're, you're just, you're more of an introvert. You, you don't need a bunch of people around you to get refreshed. The next person sitting in the same spot, they're going, man, this rock is so hard. <laughs> it's cold. I just like to sit down with a cup of coffee with my friends. Is this supposed to be refreshing? I don't think so. <laughs> I always want to get back. I want to go down to Starbucks, hang with my friends, laugh. I'd be refreshed if I did that. Is one right and wrong? No. They're just different people. Different things refresh them. So you've got to kind of figure out what's refreshing for you. But one thing, never forget, it's a date with God. Don't put recreation first. Don't put family first. Just the Lord, this day is made for the Lord. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. So you put other things around it, but that's the important thing you keep in it as you go through the day. Avoid legalism. Again, Pastor Timothy Keller said this, as soon as Christian communities start defining specific rules for what everyone can and can't do on the Sabbath, like traveling, watching television, recreation, for example, we begin to slip into legalism. And you begin to say, oh, I'm a little bit better than them because I didn't watch TV, or I'm a little better than them because, oh, they went to a movie and we shouldn't go to a movie, or they traveled, they shouldn't travel. As soon as we do that, we slip into legalism. And the whole purpose of this date with our Lord is gone. So we live in a period of grace, of God's unmerited favor for us. We don't have to fulfill all the law to be right with God. Aren't you glad about that? That was done by Jesus. He made it possible for us to have a living relationship with the Father, a relationship that every prophet, every writer, including Moses and Joshua, all the rest of them, they would have loved to have what you have, an intimate relationship with the Father because of what Christ did for you. And he says, enter into my rest. Enjoy what I have done for you. So we don't want the legalism. So what stresses you out in your life? Because whatever is stressing you out in your life, the Sabbath can help dissipate it. We'll do a quick little phone survey here to wrap things up this afternoon. And get your phones out. We we'll want you to bring your phone to church. And uh, every service we've had different responses, some higher, some lower. So... You want to dial in this number, 37607, and then you text in your answer. If money causes you the most stress in your life, then you put answer one. 
If work is causing you the most stress, even now as you're thinking here in church, you think, oh man, I should really get home because I got to get this off. I should be getting this out tomorrow. Or maybe uh, work would be also school related. You think about school tomorrow. I better get this in and I got to graduate. And, or the economy is stressing you out. Relationships, maybe you're thinking about Spain. The, what happens in the economic union? What happens if that crashes? Where are we going to be? Where are my investments going to be? Relationships would be... You know, maybe you have uh, trouble with your boyfriend, your girl's girlfriend, husband, wife, a wayward child, the divorces happen in your family, relationships are stressing you, health is stressing you. So you just text in that result, and I'm going to read a scripture, and we'll come back to see what the results are in our service here. In Matthew chapter 6, our Lord's talking about worry, talking about stress. The Lord of the Sabbath has this to say, so I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. If you're worried about everyday life, it's very hard to take a Sabbath. Whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. Look at the birds. One day I'm driving to work, and I'm stressed. I'm stressed about church, finances, growth. Where are the people? Where's this person? Where's that person? Are they doing okay? And I'm just praying about it. And I, so I think I'm doing the right thing because I'm praying. I say, oh, God, please help this person. God, please, thank you for the resources. Thank you, Lord, that there's enough funds. And I'm praying and praying. And, and you know what the Lord says in my spirit? Consider the birds. I say, yes, God, thank you for birds. And I'm just praying and praying. And then I hear again, consider the birds. And I say, oh, God, yes, thank you. Sparrows, robins, chirp, chirp, eagles soar. Yes, geese fly south. Thank you for the birds. Thank you, Lord. And I keep praying, praying. I'm just praying up a storm, working really hard. And I hear again, just this gentle voice, consider the birds. Yes, yes, birds, birds. Yes, yes. I know the verse. You, 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 you care about the birds. I'm more valuable than they are. Yes, I keep praying. And it's like, no, now it's, the, it's stronger, the word is consider the birds. And now I'm start, starting to dial in. It takes me a while. I, I'm starting to clue in. And I say, oh, like, you mean right now, God? And there's just quiet. You know, when, when God, there's quiet. You just need to do what God said. You find that God doesn't speak a lot, but when he speaks, it's, he, it's strong. So I, I, I stopped my car. It was on a side road. I pull over to the side, and I turn off the car, and it's quiet. I feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we feel uncomfortable when... The radio's not on, there's no background noise, and it's just quiet. I was actually uncomfortable in the quietness. Sabbath helps us to be comfortable with being still and quiet. And God was just saying, really what he was saying to me was, David Coop, slow down. Stop your car. I want to speak to you. Consider the birds. So I had to wait there for a while, rolled down the windows, and after a little while, I heard the birds. So my question this afternoon is, do you hear the birds? In our city, they tweet. Not Twitter tweet, but they tweet. (laughs) There's actually birds that are chirping in our city. And every once in a while, I'll stop. I hear them. But we can be so busy going, 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 we don't even hear them. And he wants us to kind of slow down, especially on this day, this Sabbath, and hear them. It was that point that God spoke to me. So he says, consider the birds, because you're so much more valuable than the birds are. Here's the point. If I care for them, I'll care for you. If you're stressed about one of these things, let's find out what we're most stressed out 
about here, the thing that we need to give over to God the most, because we're casting our cares on him. Let's go check out the survey results. And it looks like relationships, number one for the 1230 service. It was number one last night, you'll be glad to know. It wasn't in the first two services. And then work and money is a close third. So there you see, none of us were stressed out about the economy. It didn't even... I think as Canadians, like, oh, we're all pretty good. The government's got this all figured out. <laughs> we're not living in Spain or Greece or Italy, obviously. So, But our biggest concern here seems to be relationships. And, but God's saying, relax. It's going to be okay. Your marriage, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your future, your children, cast your care upon me. I want you to rest. When Gideon went into battle, God said, Jehovah Shalom is my name. I'm the God of peace. To do well in battle, we need to be rested. We need this day to be rested before we go on the rest of the week. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, we ran out of time too quickly. But let me close with a story. One of the reasons we sometimes resist taking the day off Especially if we're in the business world, we feel like if I take this time off, or if we're students, I'm going to fall behind in my productivity, I'll get left behind, I won't be as profitable, and so I have to keep working. We're kind of living in this world where we're driven, go, 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 and if I take any time off, my competitors will get an advantage over me, and I won't survive. And God's saying, no, you'll you'll be okay. A great example of this is a guy who owns Chick-fil-A, Kathy Truitt. He's an amazing business guy. And since 1967, when he started his Chick-fil-A stores, he's closed them on Sundays. And if you go to their website, you can read their closed on Sunday policy. It's worth reading. Just go there and look it up and read it today. They have a closed on Sunday policy. And he says in there, it was the best business decision I've made. We close on Sunday. You'd think, well, their business suffered because Sunday could be one of the best days for a chicken restaurant. And they are on top as far as selling chicken in fast food restaurants. I think they're number two in the United States. So they, they sell a lot of chicken. But they close on Sundays. But over since 1967, every year they have gained in sales. They produce and do better in six days than others do in seven days. And uh, last year, he sold $4.1 billion worth of chicken. So I think he's doing all right as far as selling chicken goes. He's not suffering selling chicken. But he was convicted, and it was his position to close his stores on Sunday. He says it's done something kind of amazing for our stores. One, the people that apply to work for our stores know that we take Sundays off, so we attract a certain kind of person. We attract people that value God and value family. And it also sends a message to them that we respect their families and we respect God. So he right in his statement of purpose, he has God and family. And his business has not suffered. As a matter of fact, they've prospered because of it. Now, you can't do that perhaps in every industry. We're not saying that's for you here today. I don't know where you're at. But the principle is to put God first. You have to honor him in what you do. And I think we have to figure out how to do that. That's how he did it. Somebody said at the other service, there's a new hamburger joint in Toronto. I hope they come to uh, Vancouver. What was the name of it? Something priest. Burger priest. I guess it's a rage in Toronto. Burger priest, the best burgers. And right on their website, they have a statement about the gospel. And they've closed on Sundays to serve the amazing burgers during the rest of the week. And uh, so, obviously, you have to kind of 
contextualize it for where you are. But the principle is this, is that we honor God in all that we do. Go to his website and read it. It's an interesting statement as he puts God first in his business. I share it again to just let you know that people were concerned he would go out of business if he did this. But as he honored God, God honored him. Take that away from that story. If you honor God, God will honor you. Eric Little, chariots of fire, chose not to run in the Olympics a number of years ago, the 1920-something. But then later on, he ran in a different race in the Olympics. He didn't run on the Sunday race. And the statement to Eric Little was, if you honor God, God will honor you. If you honor God by taking this day off, trust him. He'll honor you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lead to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. It's a better way. He'll direct your paths. He says, come to me if you're tired, if you're weary. I know you're tired. I know you're burnt out. Come to me. I'll give you rest. And when we're rested, we're far more productive. And that's the way God wants us. He wants us to grow, to be strong, to be rested. And so he's saying, come. Come to me. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'll make sure you're rested. What a great principle to live by. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 